0: Hi there, my name is Dr. Pragenta and I'm the host of the Dr. Nurse Podcast. I'm an advanced nurse practitioner, and I wanna be your guide into the world of nursing professions. This podcast is a platform for nurses to share their journeys as they made their way in the diverse field of nursing as either entrepreneurs, academia, private practice, or even the corporate world. I think we should celebrate just how diverse the field of nursing is through mentoring one another with the stories of our career journeys nothing is too mundane because each journey is unique. This podcast will showcase career options to encourage nurses to view their degrees with a business mindset. After all, we work in the healthcare business and ultimately I hope I might inspire you to make a change if you're looking for something different. I am motivated to see you live your best nursing life and that looks different for everyone. Thanks for joining me on today's podcast and let's get started with today's guest. Hi, guys, and welcome to the Dr. Nurse Podcast. On today's episode, I have Dr. Beth Haney. She is a DNP family nurse practitioner, and she's board certified. She is a councilwoman and the former mayor of the city of Yerba Linda in 2020. Yerba Linda is located in the northeastern area of Orange County, California, Beth is also the owner of a cosmetic company called Lux Aesthetic Center, which is located in Yoruba, Linda, California, that she founded in 2006. Her aesthetic business offers a discreet and professional atmosphere that caters to private individuals and celebrity clients. She has also helped develop a high-speed laser removal device for a company called Luminous. And she is also the author of a book um, titled B-U-T-Full, Looking Your Best with Botox, Lasers, and Other Magical Treatments. She's also the current co-chair for the California Mayor's Coalition, She is the former assistant clinical professor at UCI and currently precepts UCI NP students. She offers um, the first ever University of California Aesthetic Courses, for nurses and medical professionals through, um, i assuming the college and extension of the college. She has served a- also on the California Association for Nurse Practitioners as past president. She's held leadership positions since th- 2007, and she's the <laughs> former member of the American Association for Nurse Practitioners State Advisory Committee. Um, you've been married since 2003 to your husband, Mike, and that you have two dog babies that are carrying terriers, which that is such a cute dog breed, Olive and Jensen, and you like to do fun stuff like go outside and run marathons and scuba dive and travel. So you're well-rounded is what I wanted to say. Welcome, welcome,
1: welcome. Thank you. It's so nice to be here. Thank you for inviting me.
0: I wanted to go ahead and dive right in and let explain to my listeners what your current job is as councilwoman and owner of a business. Explain really what you do on a day-to-day
1: basis for work. Sure. So I'm a current city councilwoman for your Belinda. and I was elected in 2016 and just got re-elected. I ran unopposed and just got re-elected in 2020 for another four-year term. And the way that your Belinda is set up because some of your listeners might not know this, is that some bigger cities, they have an elected mayor where the the public directly elects the mayor. And then other cities like Yorba Linda and many others, we have a system where the public elects the five council members, and then the council members elect the mayor for a one-year term. So it kind of rotates A lot of people don't don't realize that because they're like, well, I don't even know who my mayor is because by the time you figure out the name, it's the next year and someone else is on. The council
0: individuals hold their position for four years. Mayors are rotated every year. And are the mayors picked from the council members, Mm -hmm. like from one of them?
1: Yeah. Or is is it somebody else? Okay. No, the whole council selects the mayor. Like the five, if there's five members, then the you know the five of you would would select the mayor. So it kind of rotates; it goes around. Yeah. Okay. So that's that's really fun. I serve on the um, city finance committee, so that's fun. And then yeah, our city is just so it's beautiful, it's well run. You know, I have to say so it's it's great. And then my aesthetic business, I've had that since 2006, and I have two nurse practitioners that work with me and one RN and one aesthetician and then three office office staff. So it's it's that's really fun. And so we do like the lasers and the the neurotoxins and fillers and all that. And in 2020 I actually authored a textbook for nurse practitioners. It's really for anyone, but for nurse practitioners geared to nurse practitioners that go through all of the treatments and how to do them and the danger zones and things like that so that's been exciting too do you go to speaking events and other things related to the textbook or is that just something you just recently completed i finished the textbook in 2020 and so that that's basically gone through the medical publishing house which is springer they've they invited me to to write that for them so that was nice really
0: that's Mm -hmm. incredible As I I was listening to your, what you do for a living, is there anything else that you're involved in currently? Are you also,
1: you're also teaching, correct? No. So that's what I was going to mention is that I, I taught in the graduate nursing program at UCI from 2010 to 2017. And then there was a little bit of an overlap. I got hired at the UCI Student Health Center in 2015 or so. And so I've been doing primary care there just one day a week. I also serve as the the health policy chair for the American Association for Nurse of Nurse Practitioners and then I'm the health policy conference chair for AANP. Yeah, there's all kinds of little things going on. So I was going to say fun. how do you find time for
0: all these things? Do you divide your work up like X amount of days I spend on this and How do you divvy it up? How do you multiply yourself to do all this work? I know it sounds like a
1: lot and it is a lot, but it's like, for example, with the city, there's, we have such a great city staff and support that they really help out. And so they organize basically everything for me (laughs) and, but they, they're fantastic. And then like my team here at Lux, they are just as fantastic. And I wouldn't be able to do the work that I yeah. can do without them. You can never do anything alone. And, but it's, I'm just so thankful that I have such a great team. Yeah. So that's what it sounds like. A really Mm -hmm. great team.
0: Explain to my listeners how you got to this specific spot in your career. I know you didn't wake up one day and become (laughs) the city councilwoman and have a great business and everything that you've got going for you, that it's been a journey. And that's really what we like to focus on Mm -hmm. is, especially here at the Dr. Nurse Podcast, is that nursing is a journey and to enjoy it. So how did you kind of start? When did you decide to become a nurse? And then walk us through the steps as you
1: have moved into these, these incredible roles, Later. Sure, sure. It's kind of it's a little bit of a long story, but so I was in nursing school at Loma Linda, and one of my favorite professors, she was like, Beth, you really should be a nurse practitioner because I was taking nursing to get my bachelor's in nursing to go to medical school, and she's like, you really should be a nurse practitioner. You would be great at it, and all this. And I'm like, oh, so I looked into it, and I loved it. So I thought, okay, that's what I'm gonna do. So I became a nurse practitioner, and. Then at that point, I was living in Arizona because I had moved to Arizona when I was during college. In Arizona, nurse practitioners have something that's called full practice authority. I'm sure you've heard of it. It was a no-brainer over there. I thought, well, gosh, I'm just going to open up my own little family practice office and you know start working there. But then, of course, as life is and luck would have it, good luck, I might add, my husband <laughs> asked me to marry him. He lives in California, so I moved back to California. And when I moved back, I'm like, okay, well, I'm just going to go ahead and open up my own little practice here and, and start again. And oh. so I called the nursing board, like any responsible nurse practitioner would. they basically scolded me for even asking to open my own place because nurse practitioners in California do not have full practice authority. You must be supervised by a physician. I... I was taken aback, I was like, wait, I can't, why can't, why can I open up my own practice in Arizona, but not in California, I better get involved. So I became involved with the California Association for Nurse Practitioners in my local chapter, which was Orange County. So Orange County chapter, I joined them immediately, just got Made immediate friendships, and it wasn't long before I was president of the Orange County chapter of of the California Nurse Practitioners. So I'm going to just say C A N P from now on because it's such a long yeah. title. And so then, as I worked my way through Orange County, and I decided, Gosh, I'm going to run for a state board position. You know, C A N P state. So long story short, I ended up serving as president there. And I was on that board of directors for about eight years. So during that eight years, I got lots of experience with lobbying and talking to legislators and reading through laws and bill language and learning the regulation phase and all of that. It was very interesting. So then my time on the CANP board was coming to an end and I was going to transition off. And so I thought, Oh gosh, well now I have all of this this like legislative experience and I've made friends in Sacramento and I've got all these connections. What am I gonna do now? Of course, I was still involved with the American Association for Nurse of Nurse Practitioners, so I was still there yeah. and and uh participating and engaged with our national organization, but I was just kind of perusing around and I found out that there were three city council seats that were coming up for election in my city. And so I thought, well, Gosh, that'll be kind of exciting and interesting. I mean, I have this experience and I'm a nurse and a nurse practitioner. So I think critically and I base decisions on research and how, what the best outcome is going to be and all that. And we are the most trusted profession in the country. So I thought, gosh, you know what? I think I have the broader you know, picture of humanity in mind whenever I make a decision. So I'm like, okay. The three city council seats were open available, two incumbents were running. There was one open seat. Well, there were seven of us running and I accidentally unseated an incumbent, which was pretty unheard of. And oh, wow. also I, yeah, I did that with a three month campaign because I decided to run. <laughs> yes. I decided to run and then it was like oh i have to file papers now oh the election is in 3 months i better get on it well i had an advantage and i hope some of your listeners can can kind of hear this lesson and that is name recognition because name recognition really helps you in political elections because people know the name they don't know why they know the name they just do and so when you, they see it on a ballot they go oh i know that name and most, so most how did of the time, people know your name because I've my From business. business, yes. Ah, so okay. I had my business. business, yes. I've had it for um, fifteen years. So I've been advertising in the local magazines, and I've been featured in the Orange County journals um, and things like that. So it was like, okay. So I had a head start. So that was, I don't want to say it's unfair, but that was definitely a huge advantage. So if any one of your listeners wants to run for office. A big thing to do is just get out into the community somehow. You probably already are known through your friends, through your book club, through the women's club, through whatever political organization you might belong to, through the dog park, you know, whatever, through the (laughs) library. You can, you know, just get your name and and your work out there. And so, yeah, so that's what happened with me. And so that's That's how I got elected. One of the reasons that I wanted to be elected was... Because for full practice authority, and I've been working with AANP for many years, full practice authority in California.
0: Would you you tell our listeners what the AANP is? Because I know, because I'm a nurse practitioner, but maybe one of our listeners doesn't know like what AANP is. Sure, sure. So if
1: you're... Yeah. If you're a nurse practitioner, you should join AANP. <laughs> if you're a nurse practitioner in California, you should also join the California Association for Nurse Practitioners. But AANP is our the American Association of Nurse Practitioners. And so it's a national organization. It's the only national organization for nurse practitioners that protects our practice and makes sure that we can practice to the top of our license in every state. Of course, we can't do that because of different state laws. Like for example, in California, we have to work under the quote unquote supervision. The reason I say quote unquote supervision is because most people think that supervision is where someone is in the room and they're actually supervising your work. But in reality, most nurse practitioners in California, the supervision aspect is on paper. And so they may never see their physician and so the supervisory language is archaic and it's ineffective it does nothing for patient protection or anything if if anything it limits access to to care because Patients can't find a nurse practitioner unless they're with a, a physician. And if the physician of the practice retires, then they have to close the practice. It's too convoluted, and it doesn't allow access. There's too many barriers to nurse practitioner practice, which means there's various barriers to care for our, for yes. our patients. And so, AANP is the organization that fights for that. And so, what happened was the reason one of the main reasons that I was running for a public office is because. I realized over the years that even nurse practitioners didn't understand what full practice authority is. And all it is, is basically we are practicing to the top of our license, not wanting to do surgery, not wanting to go beyond what our scope is or beyond what we're trained to do. We just want to practice and where we're trained and educated. And so practicing at that level with no barriers, that's it basically like prescription authority and, and that. So
0: here in the state of Florida, we have autonomous practice, which is pretty cool. We're able to, once you do pharmacology hours, once you do a level of differential diagnoses, you have to take these classes or show a certain amount of hours and proficiency in these in this time frame, as well as a certain amount of clinical experience, you can actually apply for an autonomous practice license and open your own business with no supervising physician, which really? is a pretty incredible feat. Yes, it is a very, yeah, awesome. so um yeah, my brother's a lobbyist. And so he is a little involved in it. And he was explaining it to me because I was like, what is going on? And the powers here in Florida, especially a representative Pigman, he was pushing he's an MD. And he was pushing for nurse practitioners to get autonomous practice here in Florida. And the reason oh, that they nice. were pushing for it was because of what exactly you said that access to yes. care opens up so many doors when nurse practitioners are really able to step in to the full scope of their license and work exactly. in that space with no hindrances. Right. And so yeah, I've actually started the process of getting my autonomous practice license because it's just a matter of work. You just have to put in work and now you have this option that if you want right. to do something like this you can. That's and so right. I think it's incredible and and I'm I'm interested to hear that during your time as councilwoman and you know, working so closely with legislation in the state of California, have you seen the needle move at all throughout your time? Have you seen a little less regulation, or have, or, or you're like it's what it was? It's, it's what it was 15 years ago when I started.
1: Oh no, it's definitely changed. There's been incremental steps, different things, different laws that have passed like, you know, we can sign off DMV, we can sign off the life sustaining treatments, things like that. But last year we did have AB890 that passed, which is offering, and I say offering because it's not there yet, but it's uh full practice authority for certain categories of nurse practitioners depending yes. on how long you've yes. been practicing in that. And so now that yeah. passed. But it's now in the regulatory phase. So they have the board of nursing has until January 1st, 2023 to figure it out. Like, what does the transition to practice mean? How many hours and just other small details? Because right now it's not clear. I've been a nurse practitioner practicing for 20 years, no, 22 years. And there's nothing that says, okay, well, all of that experience counts for autonomous practice. There's no cut and dried. Um, yeah. Yeah clear regulation or clear law there. So that's what they're working out right now. So it's definitely made inroads for sure. But that reason for P that we've all been working on full practice authority for every nurse practitioner in every state to benefit our patients. But I realized that not all nurse practitioners even knew what full practice authority was. And some in leadership positions in various organizations were like, well, we don't even want Full practice authority. If we get full practice authority, our physician colleagues won't talk to us. They'll be mad at us and we won't be able to consult with them and all this. It's like, wait, what? No, that is not how it goes. I wrote an article that was published in our national journal on full practice authority. And I wrote it in a f- more of a fun way, not a policy wonky way. It was. It's called I'll Take Full Practice Authority for 500, Alex. Because it was written in way in an entertaining way instead of kind of dry policy way. And so that was sure. that was good. But then I ran for political office or for public service because I wanted to stop talking to the nurse practitioners because we all know how wonderful we are. I wanted to start talking to our our patients and our public and our other elected officials at the local level, and maybe eventually the state level in an official capacity so that they realize what nurse practitioners do. And so, yeah, that's been, it's been really good. Some of the former mayors had no idea what nurse practitioners were. So I'm really glad that they've, that I've gotten to make those connections. Yeah. And what yeah. I think is really important
0: for my my audience to hear is that she's working as a liaison for us, mm-hmm. like by going and putting that. yourself in these positions, you are creating bridges. You are creating relationships with people directly where they can understand what we can do and what we can bring to the table so that it makes it easier for the next nurse practitioner to come back behind and apply for that position or go for that role. And that is incredible. You are paving the way and you are Mm -hmm. making it easier for us. And that's the thing that I find that is, is why we need to encourage one another because, by encouraging you, we make it easier for <laughs> others to come behind you. Exactly. And so we've got to rally. We've got to just go woo, 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 keep mm-hmm. going because you provide opportunities for us. And so thank you for paving the way and just how inspirational, how incredible to hear your journey and mm-hmm. to know that it's possible. And, and, and what's so cool about when I'm listening to you is just you think I, I keep hearing this. Why not me? why not mm-hmm. me? Why can't I open this business? Why can't I go into those rooms and have those discussions? And and then you do when you get there and you realize that your nursing background actually gives you tools to be good at even politics. And so okay. I just think that's just really cool. Thank you for sharing all that. Mm-hmm. So one of the questions that I typically ask as well is describing a moment that was... Uh, a high in your career, a success. What would you What would you describe a zenith? And then tell us about a time that was pretty hard and tough. And sometimes they might actually parlay into one another. But if you could just give us an example of a success and then something that was hard that you had to
1: overcome. Boy, you know, I was thinking you might ask those questions, and so a success, like a really. Big moment for me was when I won the election for city council. That was really good because I thought I'm going to be able to promote nurse practitioners in a different arena. And so that was, that was definitely a great moment. And then since then, so serving on council has been phenomenal as well, because you get typically like we would have to make appointments with our senators and assembly members and, uh, then go meet with them to lobby about nurse practitioner practice. But now what's so great is they come to councils, they want to know how their cities are doing. So they ask us for appointments, and then we get to tell them what we want. And every time I say, Oh, by the way, you know, I'm a nurse practitioner, right? And so we need, you know, I hope you're voting this way and this. And so it's, it's been, it's been great. But yeah, some of the or one of the lows that just popped into my mind was when I was president of the California Association for Nurse Practitioners, and we were really fighting hard for SB uh, 323, which was another full practice authority bill. That one failed, but it, it was a great learning, learning time for, for all of us really. But it, it was so weird because the opposition was printing out pictures, my picture and putting it on legislators desks and saying, see, all nurse practitioners want to do is open up med spas. And so I was like, what? I mean, yeah, it was really crazy. And then I flipped it around. I thought, well, that's great because now all these legislators know who I am. This is perfect because that wasn't true that nurse practitioners just want to open med spas because Those people were like, it was so ridiculous because I was teaching, I was in primary care and it was like, that was, it's such a lie. So it was awesome, actually. So it turned into a good thing, actually. (laughs) So it's like all press, all press is good press. (laughs) You can make it good, I suppose. If you have to.
0: (laughs) Oh my goodness. It makes me feel like it's like very house of cards. I mean, I don't really have much experience in the political arena, but it sounds very like, just like
1: back alley type stuff. Like to have my it, picture printed it, on stuff. I don't it know. It was. Oh, it was. It was so sneaky and weird. But, yeah.
0: So those are good ones. Thank you for sharing those. And along your path, one of the big things that I've been noticing in nursing that's missing is mentorship. I just feel like Mm -hmm. nurses are really kind of disconnected. And I think it has a couple reasons. I think women, in particular, don't do a really good job of mentoring one another in general, just in life. But then I feel like also, there's the element of everyone kind of goes into different specialties. And so I don't I think people are also just super busy. And there's that aspect Mm -hmm. of the Mm -hmm. role of a woman. And there's just so much you have to do. But but then also the different specialties and everyone's doing something different. So it's hard to kind of find people that are doing certain things, which is why, again, I want to highlight these careers so that people can see them because we just don't know what the other hand is doing. Like the right. left hand doesn't know what the right hand's doing. So I want to show them like this is what they're doing, you know. But did you have anyone that came along the way and mentored you
1: at all? Professors, of course, in my earlier career, I had a my first job as a nurse practitioner, the physician, Dr. Douglas Hayde. He's family practice. He was he was awesome. And he was just he was someone that I could look up to. He was so smart and friendly. And he loved his job and he loved people and he loved his practice. And so he was he was a great mentor. And unfortunately, he passed away a few months ago. He was fantastic. And then when you say that about women mentoring, I I agree with you because we're all so busy. We have like not only our careers, but we've got, you know, a lot of people have kids or they have other things that they're doing, but I'll tell you two of my greatest mentors. One is Suzanne Phillips, Dr. Suzanne Phillips. She is an associate dean at UCI and her and I've known each other for over a decade. She's a really good friend of mine. She mentored me for the policy stuff. kind of got me in with CA&P towards the more policy um, and legislative things. And then Dr. Susan Tiso, who's also a DNP, she's a professor at UCI and she's the one who got me hired at UCI. And we've been friends for over a decade. And so the two of them really, really helped out. And then there's there's so many to name, but Jill Olmsted was a mentor through CA&P. And I, I just have so many great friends that, that I've made. And so that's another plug I wanted to say is join your Maybe. professional organizations. If you haven't already, they provide friendships, networking, information, education, and experiences that you won't find anywhere else. And because of those organizations that they help lift you along the way to wherever it is you want to go.
0: Yeah, that's really good that networking.
1: And I think that what you're what you're
0: describing is being very intentional. And I'll just put a little caveat that like if you want certain things in life and there's certain places you want to go, you need relationships. And so being really intentional about building those relationships is paramount in order for you to get to where you want to be. And again, I hear time and time again as you've been talking this person introduced you to that person, which got you to this person. And then now all of a sudden you're talking with people in Sacramento. And, and so you're creating these relationships and and that doesn't happen by staying at home and not talking to people that happens through being intentional and getting out there and, and making friends. One other thing I just wanted
1: to point out really quick is that I am so proud of the students that I've taught through the years because they've gone on and I've, they've told me I've motivated them to get involved in their organizations. And so a lot of them are on state leadership and orange County leadership, which is great. And that's the biggest gift for me is to give back and watch people grow that, that maybe I've talked to or whatever. I don't even need to. I mean, if anyone wants help, I want to help them get to wherever they want to be. And I just super quick. I, my husband, I just watched a documentary. It's called 14 peaks and it was about a Nepali, team who went and climbed 14, 14 of the tallest peaks in the world. They're all over 8,000 meters high. And the thing is, is that he, the leader NIMS, he went to the top of and summited these places where nobody has gone before or not for many years. And he actually laid the ladders or created the trail that others behind him can go up easier. And that was, that was one of his glorious moments as he realized, he's like, because I did that, people were able to climb this mountain after me. And so that's, that's the other thing is that, yes, you can get to the top of the mountain, but you're going to have to do the work. Someone might help you, but you're the one who's going to have to do the work and it's definitely worth it. And it's very fun.
0: Beautifully said, beautifully (laughs) said. So two more questions and then I promise we'll be done. I just wanted to know what's one of the most worthwhile investments you have ever made? besides in my education? Yes. Besides in your education. Mm. So after you finish your doctorate, which I wrote it down, you finished your master's in 2000 and then your doctorate in 2010. So since then, what has been one of the things
1: in your career has been the best, your best investment? Yes, ma'am. Best investment is in my students, my former students. I'm seriously so proud of them. They're, they're just fantastic. And so that, My investment in them just to be in standing in front of the classroom and teaching them the subjects, it was, yeah. And for what they've done, I'm just so proud. I'm so proud of that. So, and then also, again, my organizational investments, the time and contributions to them, it's been, yeah, great. Awesome.
0: So last question, what advice do you have for a new nurse starting off on her career? She's just finished her bachelor's degree. Maybe she just finished her master's degree. She's thinking about opening a business. Who knows? The world mm. is her oyster. What would you say is a piece of advice you wish you would have known sooner and a piece of advice you tell her to toss? Sooner. Mm. Toss.
1: So sooner, So the toss one is don't listen to others that are discouraging you. Just if you want to do it, just do it just. But the thing is, you want to take the steps to get to your path. First off, most important is you want to realize and understand for yourself, maybe write it down or say it in a mirror or whatever it is you need to do. Why do you want to do this and what exactly does you want to do and what are the outcomes you want to happen? And so once you get that figured out, you can do anything. If you wanted to open a business, like what I did was I went straight to the small business association. I'm like, okay, or administration. It's like, okay, what, what forms do I need in California or Arizona or wherever you are? What forms do I need to figure out or fill out? And then kind of create your path that way and get a good team, like your attorney or accountant or friends. You know, there's lots of NPs that are also accountants or attorneys. And, and so you can... Find another colleague that maybe has a a dual profession. Yep. And get that going. Yep. So just take the steps. Know what you want to do and take the steps. Mm -hmm. Got it. And don't let anybody
0: tell you that you can't do something. Go for it. No, yes. I love it. That's a good place to stop. So for the last part of the interview, it's the rapid fire questions, questions. <laughs> okay. and so what, what I do is I ask you really quick questions and I get kind of the nitty gritty of certain things that you may or may not want to share, but sure, got to go fast. Okay, here we go. <laughs> okay. What's your favorite cosmetic
1: procedure? <laughs> um... I think fillers because fillers, it's, it's very artistic. It's very artistic. Yeah. Good fillers. Okay, cool. Good. Yeah. Okay. Good hands in good hands.
0: (laughs) Capable hands. So what is something you
1: hope to be doing in 10 years? Oh boy. (laughs) Gosh, I don't know. I have visions of keeping involved with public service and nurse practitioners. So I'm not exactly sure. I would love to lead AANP someday. I'd love to serve in a state legislature. I'd love to serve, you know, yeah. Yeah. So we'll see. But continue to contribute to society. Yes. Service. Yeah.
0: I love that. And what Mm -hmm. is, if you had to take a vacation tomorrow, where would you go? Iceland.
1: Iceland. Yeah, that's awesome there. We've been there one time and oh. it's beautiful. We went diving, scuba diving there. Oh my gosh, it was phenomenal. Scuba diving. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I've been scu- I went
0: scuba I went scuba diving once and it, you feel like an astronaut. Like yes. like You're walking- floating. A- you're yes, floating, you're right? Yes, you're yes,
1: flying. You're
0: really, yeah, it's really cool. Great. I only did it the once and then I started to kind of feel a level of anxiety. I was like, I don't mm. know if this is for me, this oh, is, this is, but it's you. still pretty cool. I, I encourage people to try it. It's it's definitely something interesting. Well, thank you for coming on today. Thank you for your time. You. And this was so much sharing. fun. I I hope you had a great time. I enjoyed having you on. So I learned a lot. Guys, thank you for listening to the Dr. Nurse podcast. And check out Dr. Haney. She is located on like LinkedIn. That's where I found her. I legitimately was just looking for Mm -hmm. nurse practitioners that were involved in politics. And so I found I stumbled upon her page and she just so graciously offered to come on and chat with us today. So I'm so thankful, but that's where I found her. Is there any place else where others can find you if they're wanting to reach out and maybe
1: ask you questions or have a conversation with you? Oh yeah. So on the city of Your Belinda website, my email, everything is there. And then I'm also on Facebook I have a personal page on Facebook with just my name, Beth Haney, and then also my Dr. Beth Haney Councilwoman Facebook page, and then Instagram. And I have to say, though, I just deleted my Twitter account, so that is no more.
0: <laughs> oh goodness! Okay. It's freeing, there, yeah. It, yeah, I would imagine anything mm-hmm. you drop with social media. I lost my Facebook account, and so it was mm-hmm. actually really nice to be without it because I wasn't checking Mm -hmm. it and I felt like I could actually get other stuff done so Mm -hmm. I agree with you it is very freeing but guys that's where you can find her check her out if you want to reach out and again thank you for your service for our profession you're making a difference so keep climbing mountains (laughs)
1: Mm -hmm. Thank thank
0: you we are at the end of our time together I really enjoyed the chat please be sure to subscribe to the show so you don't miss an episode and leave us a review if you like the show I would love to get five stars. The Dr. Nurse Podcast is on Instagram. So please follow us there for any updates on new podcasts and inspirational information to help you on your own journey. You can always message me at the Dr. Nurse Podcast at gmail.com with any career information or professions that you're interested in hearing about. And as always, thanks for listening. I want to thank my biggest fan supporter on Patreon, Kevin Pryor, for your support of this podcast. If you love this podcast and want to throw some support my way, I would greatly appreciate it. My link is in the show notes. And just a reminder, the information in this podcast is for educational purposes only, and the information should not be used in substitute for professional care by a medical provider. The information in this podcast does not represent medical or other professional advice or services.